This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country... Oh, no. Chris, we're going to call this a false start and do it over. (laughs) Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, part of the... Oh, man, I let that one slip, too. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, part of the CBS Sports Radio Network. If you watched, you're probably pretty mad at me, as well as everyone <laughs> saw over the previous four quarters. West Virginia, I would say, a valiant, valiant effort defensively shrewd effort offensively and then just familiar frustrations pop up at a really suboptimal time and then out of nowhere Oklahoma's offense appears puts together its best drive of the game gives the ball to the best kicker in college maybe which is a crazy thing when you think about all of the possible bests that Oklahoma otherwise possesses and they walk off a 16-13 winner against the Mountaineers who are still Without a win against a top five team on the road ever, I was not aware of that until I heard that. Oh, about twenty times today. Oh, uh, and nine against Oklahoma in the Big Twelve. Eight and twenty-eight against ranked teams, and still have not beaten back-to-back ranked opponents since starting Big Twelve play with wins over Baylor and Texas back in two thousand and twelve. Think about that, Chris. They were back-to-back wins to start the Big Twelve experience. Since then, eight and twenty-eight against ranked teams. Had one tonight. Got away, didn't it? Yeah, this one, this one, uh, probably not going to sit well with a lot of people. It, it, it felt like a game that West Virginia should have won, uh, and and they were winning literally the entire game. It was either tie or well, they were never losing the entire game until there was no time left on the clock. Um, I didn't know if you noticed this, but the full sixty minutes there, West Virginia led or was tied for all sixty minutes of the actual game clock. Oklahoma never took the lead until that field goal went through the uprights as time expired. And at, I don't know, about halfway through the fourth quarter, start of the fourth quarter, West Virginia had twice as many first downs, had out-yarded Oklahoma by 100-some yards, had 10 or 11 more minutes in time of possession, and it just never felt right. It never felt done. It never felt like like it was actually going to happen. I, I think you just kept seeing those little mistakes, those ones that and I, I tweeted it. I said, a uh, false start at the half foot line pushes them back. And then they overthrow a wide open receiver, in the end zone that never comes back to haunt college football teams. Never, never, ever, ever, ever. Um, but it was, there's a lot of positives to take about this from West Virginia, but I would argue equally as many negatives here too. Yeah. Let's do a positive. Yep. West Virginia is not a terribly diverse team, especially when it's punching up in weight class. 
it's got a, I would say, predictable but understandably predictable script. We plotted it out. I think anybody with a marginal football IQ plotted it out. It had to do certain things, and that's everything you just talked about. And I'll say this. It's commendable what the offense and defense did. I just don't think that West Virginia is going to go in and boat race Oklahoma. You're either going to get caught up in a shootout you can't win, or you're going to shoot yourself in the foot with some mistakes against a very good defense, and you're going to give them extra possessions. You're going to have short possessions, and all the advantages you can have by just being greedy with the ball and time of possession and snaps and game control, you lose. So West Virginia identified that. Humbly and wisely went in and ripped off a 17-play, nine-minute drive to get seven points, converted third downs, made a good move to go for it on fourth down, and you're thinking, all right, this is good. And then, I mean, never got back into that gear again, but just good decisions, smart play, complimentary football. The punter even did some good things. And what I mean by commendable is it's not fun. I know that's not the way Neil Brown wants to play with his program. That's not the way fans want to see their program play. That's how you win tonight. And not only did they do that, but Oklahoma knew that. Oklahoma knew that was going to be the style. Did they have the specifics down pat? No. Did they see some of the things that West Virginia did coming? Probably not, but they had an idea what it was going to look like. Maybe you can't color in, but you know what the pictures are going to resemble. And West Virginia still did it and still led it. And you, as you mentioned, the entire time, or had, or was tied the entire time, had the game control until the very end. And to be there in that building where they're now 128 and 11, or 127 and 11 in their last 138 home games, they usually outscore teams 48 to 22 under Lincoln Riley. And uh, to be there, you know, 10-7 at the half, 13-10 late in regulation. And you're, you're, you know that you can only play that way and there's no plan B. And to still have your plan A be that predictable but that effective and to give yourself a chance late in the game, I think is a positive. What does it mean? Nothing, unfortunately. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't give them a league when they play Texas Tech next week. It doesn't give them footing when they play Texas sometime from now. They're not in first place in the Big 12. They're a 500 team. And that's because, man, the margins you can't create when you're playing that style because you remove almost all the margin for error when you have to play that way. And they they created too much for themselves to overcome and just committed really badly timed, really poorly executed mistakes. And that's pretty much the way the story goes. You could talk about the good things, as I just did. You can spend a small amount of time on the bad things, and that's actually the whole story. Yeah, you look at that. I'm going to start with the the offense here. The scripted plays. You talked about that first drive. Um, I feel like that second drive was scripted or this first drive of the second half was also, you know, they had, they had a plan there and it's kind of been a theme all season long. We'll go back and look, you know, this week about last year and the year before, but maybe this is a, um, a, a character trait of this team, of this staff, because West Virginia today on their two drives, those scripted plays first, first drive of the first game of the first half, first drive of the second half, two drives, 30 total plays, 143 yards, and 10 points. All the other drives, when there was no script, seven total drives, 45 plays, 123 yards, as in 20 20 yards fewer on seven drives than the two scripted drives, and only three points. It is an offense that, if it is not doing something that it has practiced repeatedly all week long, it is incapable of moving the ball. And, and, and it was painfully obvious today that, that there are issues moving the ball when they, when they have to get outside of their comfort zone. I'd like to give you credit. You carried the game post. 
I'm trying to find the quote here. I don't know. In essence, you say, why don't they just build the plane out of the black box? Yeah. Because you know how the black box survives the plane crashes and they right. always go get the black box. People say, wait a minute, why don't you just make the plane out of the black box? And in your point here is if those plays and that script work so well, why isn't that continuous throughout the game? It's not the, the conditions aren't always the same and defenses adjust and you kind of have an idea what you're going to see and you can plan around it. But you kind of have an idea how defenses are or should adjust and you can fit your plays in there. And I just wonder how much they go away from the script. But then again, I saw a lot of the same things work. That slant pass to Fort Wheaton was there all day. Um, some of their run game stuff was. They did not run the ball terribly effective today. That's kind of disappointing, I think. But it was a good front, and they held up pretty well. I don't think Diggy was the problem until he was the problem. But they were able to work around it. And you just wonder about these second-half numbers now, which it's a thing, right? We can talk about this. This is a thing, right? Because yeah, that, that, Brown, that's the one everything everybody's tweeting at me. The no no touchdowns in any any second half against yeah. FBS opponents. Yeah, I mean, and you have to get one today, and you have a look at two of them. You don't get any of them. So, and listen, this is Brown's football. This is the way he goes. Um, he's thirty nine and four now when he leads at the half. Two losses are this year. He's forty two and three when he leads after three quarters. Two losses are this year. And I, I mean that's what I'm wondering now because obviously a wealth that was built up in the Sun Belt. And I wonder if this style just isn't going to win here where the offenses are better or the defenses are better, where you can't sit on a three-point lead. You can't go into – listen, they're lucky they got away last week too, let's be frank. And they pulled the plug too early, and they said that. I mean, he said that they probably took the air out of it too early, and they just said if we get to 30, we win. They couldn't get to 30, and they had 24 at the half. They got to 27. And here today, 10 to 7 at the half, we can, we can talk about how they got to 10 and not 14, or how they got to 10 and miraculously, but – you end up with 13 on the board. You have a great touchdown drive to end the game, and you get you probably should have a touchdown later, but we say these things. You should, you could. They don't because they're still prone to mistakes from different spots at the bad time, and you're talking about right tackle, center, quarterback. That's three mistakes from three different people, four mistakes, I guess, from three different players. We can figure out the quarterback or the center made the most egregious error of the game, but both were involved in another play and just – Kind of, I don't want to say widespread, but that margin couldn't be big, and they widened it, and that's that's kind of why they're in this situation now. And I just do not understand how they aren't successful in the second half. Yeah, I think it, it was it, it was not one person. You know, um, I made a comment about the the snap because I think the first thing said about that snap by Frazier that went past Daggy was that was a bad snap, and I said it wasn't a bad snap. My point being that it was it was on target. The timing was obviously wrong, and we don't know which way, you know, who who made that call. And I don't think anybody will ever admit it because I don't think they want to point the fingers at anybody. And and quite frankly, that's for them to figure out. Um, but you know, there there were other mistakes, you know, like you said, the the false start at the one foot line by one offensive lineman, a, a questionable snap there by Frazier, the previous snap infraction on that one. Um, bad pass from Daggy one play, a mm. near fumble by a Green one play. I mean, it, it was it was a lot of people on the offense. It wasn't just one person. I know everybody likes to pile it on Daggy. And for three weeks now, four weeks now, I, I know I personally have. Uh, I, I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth. Been been pushing the Green chain that that it needs to just be a change or transition right into him. And it, and and honestly, it looks like it's happening. You know what. It was only six snaps against Tech. Uh, there, he was out there for a good bit today, and maybe that's just the trend, and that's how it's going to keep continue. But it wasn't like 
hey, this offense was amazing when Green was out there and was terrible when Daigie was out there. It was a mix of both for both of them. So I don't think either one of those is just the clear and obvious answer based off of what we saw today. On a on a scale of one to ten, how fair is a question to Parker or to Neil Brown? Sir, what the heck's going on in the second half? Uh, which, which one's extremely fair? One or ten? Ten. Because it's extremely fair. It's a 20, right? Yeah. I mean, it frankly, it's, 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 it's certainly why they lose today. And I think you can say, well, they, they, they got their way into the end zone, except they didn't get into the end zone once. But they got themselves there with play calls and somewhat um, confident execution until it blew up. And then the second time, they're looking at points. But, like, again, these things, <laughs> they count. They matter. And, like, Parker can say correctly that – you can look at stats and say, well, they had Letty Brown had 161 yards rushing last game, but 80 came on one play. If you take that away, he only has 80, which he says you can't do that because that 80 yard run still happens. And he's right. You can't couch what happened in the second half and say, well, they were on the goal line and they were going in toward a game winning field goal potentially, but bad stuff happened. Well, guess what? That happened. So I can't accept that defense here. Like, oh, we should have scored. Yeah, except that. Sooner or later, these things kind of are self-fulfilling and teams that are prone to mistakes make mistakes. And that's unfortunate here, but you can kind of look at, I mean, myriad examples here of, of just different failures in different years now. Um, I'm not saying they're not better. They obviously are better, but they just can't fix that one thing. And to go to your snap, is it the quarterback's question? Is it the is it the center's question to be answered? It doesn't matter, of course. I think you know that. But that absolutely can't happen after a snap infraction. Like the center has to be 100% sure, and the quarterback has to be extremely clear. Um, now, granted, uh, I believe was was uh, Green was in on the play before, correct? Yeah, it was the snap infraction with Green, and then Daggy came in for the errant snap. I'll, I'll say again, it doesn't matter. A fifth-year senior quarterback has to go in and say, "I'm here to get the save," right? I've got to get points on the board here. We just got to get this thing in, in the right spot. You can't have a bad snap there. Like, you've got to be you, – you know what just happened. You know why you got pulled onto the field. And if you're the center, I don't, I don't know. Like, you, that, again, I don't want to say you can't snap it past the quarterback and lose 22 yards, but if you just had a snap infraction, boy, you got to be super, super careful here. And you don't want to overthink it too much there, but that's an issue. And then, I mean, this is not the first – you know, time this has happened to Frazier now with some snaps. He's wobbled a couple. He's had, you know, some get away. That was not him in the LIU game. I understand that. But certainly that play in the red zone last week wasn't good. Um, and that, that took him out of a, a touchdown perhaps there. That was first down, but they had two more looks at it. And then again right there, third down on that drive last week, Daigie misses a wide open receiver. Not the same play, same concept today. Uh, that should be in the bag. They should be celebrating the sideline with a touchdown to Bryce Ford Wheaton. These are repetitive things, and they, they have to get better. And, I mean, they have the right personnel in the field, you think, but bad timing, bad plays. Today, in the red zone, 12, 12 plays in the red zone. Would you like to take a guess how many times Letty Brown ran the ball in the red zone? I know the number, and it's not good. Go ahead, say it. It's three, right? No, ran the ball in the red zone. Oh, is it two? One. One. Oh, it's two touches. Yeah. Uh, he had no, two touches. He had a catch and one run, I believe. A six-yard run from the nine-yard line. Unless the play-by-play is currently wrong. You might be right. Uh, my, my notes are kind of drawable here. Either way, two or three is not good. No. And, um, like, what happened last game? They got to the goal line. Oh, we called two run plays. Whatever. 
he never got the ball there. <laughs> Do everything you can to make sure you don't repeat that mistake. <laughs> don't leave number four answering questions or being asked questions or having two knuckleheads in a podcast say, how does number four not get the ball there? If he was supposed to get it last week and he didn't, do everything you can to make sure he gets it this time. You can't have the best guy on the team not involved in the most important situations. And here's and and here's the other problem. We, we keep talking about some of these things being trends, being just full-on character traits. Uh, this is another one. Three games against FPS opponents. Again, I, I'm completely throwing out Long Island U because that doesn't make any sense of anything mm-hmm. here. Um, 28 plays in the red zone in those three games. Letty Brown has how many rushes in those 28 plays? Uh, well, it's it's more than three, right? <laughs> it's four. Is he it? has no. four four carries in 28 red zone plays for West Virginia and two catches, four. right? And I think yeah, it's a couple catches in there too. So four four carry four carries. Your star running back has four carries in 28 red zone plays. And he's gone for an average of seven yards per rush and has a touchdown. He's in the end zone on the false start on Parker Moore. He's in. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't even close. Um, yeah. So, again, call it a run play there. I get that. Um, and then I, I really think that Green scores on that next run, but I think I think it was more is supposed to come across and block the guy in the middle and doesn't, and that guy's right there to tackle Green. It should be a touchdown. But it happened, right? That stuff isn't, I don't know. We can go over that stuff there. I think it's very apparent, the difference here. It's not getting seven points when they have chances on a one. They go back to the six. And then Ford Wheaton's wide open. He's doing jumping jacks again in the end zone. He could have caught that ball. I get it. I think the timing was a little bit off. Like that was a weird arc throw by Diggy, who has to get her over the defensive line. I get that. Not sure if he saw anybody around or not around Ford Wheaton. It'd be an interesting perspective from him. Did he think there was someone near him and he's going to throw it high? And then Ford Wheaton says, I'm by myself. Why would he throw it high? And he's flat-footed and doesn't jump on the right time. But either way, that should not be as complicated. That should be you know, in your pocket. And then again, going from, I think it was second and seven to uh, second and 12 and then second and 34 or third and 34 or something like that. Just you're out of field goal range and you got to play defense. And, and you just knew it was going to happen there. It's That's college football. That's sports. That's competition. But um, they go home 16, 13 losers. They get a team that gave up 70 today to Texas next week. And how many points does Neil Brown have to score next week? Um, this is this is I'm trying to remember the numbers in my head now. This is 26 games and 21 times he's not gotten a 30. Um, two times he's gotten above 30 against FCS competition. So you're talking 21 out of 24 games he has not gotten uh, above 30 points, which is against FBS competition. So I think if you look at a team coming to town next week, they give up 70. I think the expectation is you're going to score a lot of points and not give up a lot because your defense is good and your offense should be good against a defense that isn't. Um, and that just feels like the score to me right now is if people are wondering, where's the All offense here? Go oh, my bad. <laughs> my dog's down here and hit my phone. Sorry. Go on. It's late. Uh, you're fine. You're fine. Um, do you want to talk positives? Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Um, mm-hmm. 16-13 game control, like you said, never trailed until the last second. Um I and I, you and I felt this, and you accused me of being positive. I would say smart, but I said that they were closer to being competitive with Oklahoma this year, and that there was a way they could play. Blah blah blah. They did, but let me ask you: Why is why was this the right team, the right time for West Virginia to get the game? I understand it didn't happen, but it darn near happened. It could have, would have, should have happened. But they're closer now than they have been in a long, long time. Uh, why and how is that the case? I think it's it's 
it's a lot of the stuff we talked about in the preview pod that that the positives for West Virginia line up with the negatives for Oklahoma and the positives that West Virginia has is, is that defensive line and we saw that defensive front just rip Oklahoma's offensive line all day long it's like it was they had a field day in there and got in the backfield got some pressure drew a couple penalties probably should have drawn about 12 more mm-hmm. and and really just caused a lot of havoc and and they were able to do it without having to bring too many extra guys West Virginia did end up you know sending five every once in a while but still left enough back there to confuse Rattler or at least kind of contain him and throw it short so um that played a big part of it just when you have a stout Having a stout defensive line is, I think, on defense, the equivalent of having a good quarterback on offense or at least a very good running back that you can just rely on to keep you in a game. I agree. Um, offensive line, I would say, did all right tonight, would you? Mm-hmm. I, I, at, at the beginning, at least. There was, there was a stretch there, and I'll talk about this. Some, I don't know how much of this is their fault, but at the beginning, I thought they were great like really great that first drive maybe the first two drives and then things kind of got ugly there where i felt they they struggled to run block mm. but i don't know how much of that is it was just god I, 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 I one of my keys was you have to throw the ball on first down and when west virginia threw the ball on first down they got at least four yards half the time they got a first down five of the 14 times six of the 14 times excuse me an average six yards a play and they ran the ball on first down just as often as they passed it and averaged four yards of play, except a couple of those runs were a QB scramble and an end around. But the eight runs where they just handed it to Letty Brown to just kind of plow into a pile in the middle, eight first down runs up the middle, as described by the official box score. So I'm going off of that. I'm not going back and reviewing the tape yet. But as described by the box score, they 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 listed left, middle, right, and they listed eight runs by Letty Brown up the middle on first down for West Virginia for 14 total yards. It's just it's eight straight plays it's bad. Of, of putting yourself behind the chains. Yeah, it's, it's eight straight plays of just killing your offense. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. West Virginia's first drive, uh, third and one, third and six, third and six, third and three. Uh, they get the third and one, the third and six. They don't get the second, third and six, but they get the first down and fourth down. They convert the third and three. They're good. First third down, the next drive, third and two. Are you ready for the remaining third downs during the game? Go for it. 14, 11, 9, 7, 11, 8, 4. That's the third and goal that he yaks on the Wheaton or for Wheaton pass. Uh, 12, 7, 33. Big numbers. Uh, the average distance was third and 8.7. That's obviously inflated by third and 33, but still that happened because uh, when they were good, they were playing like CFL rules. They were getting first downs on second down, first downs on first down, and second out of third downs. And we mentioned they were 
Oklahoma's opponents were 13 for 30, 13 for 43 on third down coming in. West Virginia stayed out of trouble for a long time, but um, third and long, 0 for 4. Third and short, 3 for 4. And it was, I mean, pretty much that easy. Uh, they were, when they had the game where they wanted it, they were good. And they were just not consistent doing that. And that was that was kind of unfortunate there, too. I don't know um, how it got away from them. Um, they, they protected their tackles, I thought, quite a bit today. Some of that under center stuff is designed to protect your tackles because it gives it makes it harder for the ends and the outside players to get around. I talked to somebody around Oklahoma's program this week. I don't think they had any respect for West Virginia's tackles. And they just thought that their outside guys would have no trouble. And I think that may be why West Virginia tried to do so much stuff in the middle is to try to take the heat off of Moore, Milam, and Yates. Um, and I think they did okay to protect that. Those guys held up sometimes too, did okay, and then – they just never hit the big run until that that kind of that weird play with Lady Brown where I think it went for 20 yards and it was kind of a creative thing. And when they were creative in their running game or some of their passing game stuff, but, you know, an end around to Sam James, I don't like a tight huddle. The one 20 yard run at the end of the first half, I think, to Lady Brown, but never cracked him like that. So uh, four for 14 on third down, 28.6 percent. Because I just think that they didn't get the ball in a good situations. They were just they were facing long distances all that time, and you you can't smoke and mirror third and eight, third and nine against that defense. Something else, just real quick, you got me thinking about it when you said something about the tackles. Um, I went to go search the play by play. I was talking about it. It says left, middle, right on the runs. Mm-hmm. Can you guess how many times that West Virginia ran to the left today? I would say not often, right? Zero. Zero. The the Sam James end around. That's it. Not one Letty Brown run to the left. Um, we talk about getting predictable. If you're always running up the middle, maybe off guard to the right. Like it's it's easy to scheme. It's it's easy to scheme up against that. It's easy to easy, makes it easier to stop that. And uh, that's it's something I noticed in the game, and, and you noticed it obviously as as you kind of assumed that it was it was very low numbers, but. Zero, zero runs to the left the entire game. Yeah, I mean, again, if you can if you can load up your defense on one side or or two thirds of the line, that's not going to be hard to stop. Um, I don't know, it's trouble. Some some highlights, lowlights here. Daggy's interception, I don't hate. I know it's an interception. Mm, no, it's all right. Yeah, uh, it's basically it. a short punt. Yeah, and had a chance on something that just didn't work, but he was under pressure. You're probably going to punt it anyways. You took a shot, uh, whatever. I don't, I don't hate it. Um, we're going to differ on this end of the first half. Take it away. Well, oh God. I'll, uh, I'll say this. I'll say this. It's evergreen. It's always something at the end, at the end of a first half. Correct. And I don't want to yes. get into it too much, but my thing here is that I don't hate it. I just think that you're, you're too greedy. If you're trying to like, get a touchdown if you're West Virginia. I love being up at the half. I don't think you never get enough points at the end of the first half. And I guess, yeah, they were razor thin margin of error when they had that pass to Lenny Brown and couldn't get out of bounds. They're out of timeouts because they, they chewed up a couple earlier on, but uh, snapped it two seconds, spiked it, kick a field goal. You're up 10, seven. They create that scoring chance with their punter and their defense. I just think that that's a good outcome there. I understand that they could have been more aggressive, tried to get seven at some point they never even took a shot at seven i think that's an understandable critique but i also don't have a problem with the way that ended i think again it part of it was the lack of creativity with the the first play because the very first play of the drive was all right letty up the middle 
into a into a stacked box. Okay, ran into a, a pile of ten people for a loss of one yard. And you're like, all right, well, maybe you'll try something a little different. You know, s- something safe. Uh, one of those little rollouts with the tight end, uh, kind of floating with you on a bootleg kind of thing mm-hmm. that, that they do. It, it's their safe play. Uh, we've seen it several times. Something like that. Anything like that? Nope. Second down, just Letty Brown into a pile of bodies, no gain again. And it was just, oh, you're just you you're just giving up. And Oklahoma started to call a timeout. And you had this sense that, here you go. You're going to run it up the middle again. Oklahoma's going to call another timeout. They're going to get the ball back with, you know, a minute and 20 seconds left. And they're going to go down and score instead. And then they hit the – then they hit um, – was it Bryce Ford Wheaton on a, on a slant? Yeah. Like they had all day. And got it to the fourth and one. Pushed it. And then they kind of went for it. And, and that was – that was I like that switch of the gear there, and I don't I, the uh, Letty Brown you know, getting tackled inside. That's not his fault. I, he hardly even had a chance to catch the ball before he got creamed. That was a good play by the defender. A little bit like uh, I don't want to say slow developing play, but he got hit as soon as he he got the ball. So it's it's hard to get out of bounds. I can't really blame him for that, but I just didn't like those first two plays, and I think part of it is. It seemed like they were giving up, not just because of the clock, but because of that just run it up the middle on first down thing that it, 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 there's a thousand, a thousand stats that say that's just a horrible, horrible decision. And West Virginia just continues to do it over and over again and did it today with no success at all. Also overlooked, West Virginia has a great job to start. Mixes, blends, spins the whole time, and, and Oklahoma's confused. You can tell, and they get in the end zone, and then a decent kickoff return, and then 15 extra yards on the personal foul by Jared Bartlett. Well, what does it mean? Because Oklahoma scores a touchdown, but Oklahoma has fourth and four at West Virginia's. Look at my notes here. 46. Mm-hmm. If that's fourth and four, 30. Uh, doing the math in my head here now. For 39. 39. They're not going for it. Right? Nope. Nope. And that's a punt, and it's 7-0. And that's a play in the first half. I mean, early, early in the first quarter, first half, I guess, it's not really the first quarter anymore, but that's a play that doesn't stand out. But that's important because if, if they're 15 yards the other way, they're not going for it there, and then they're in the end zone three plays later. I thought that was an important one there, too. Um, and I just it just seemed like little things added up, which is one thing that West Virginia couldn't really afford to do. And, and again, Noble, I get that, but um, I don't know. Now, where do you go from here? Do you... I don't think you build on a whole lot here because I'm not sure how much of this game is transferable that you're not doing this to Texas Tech because you could probably be a little more aggressive. Your defense is kind of always wired like this. Your defense played great. Uh, one thing I talked about in the preview pod was that they could borrow some Nebraska stuff. I think they did. I think the book's out in Oklahoma. If you if you keep the top on the defense, Rattler will play with it, and he might throw you one. But he's also going to force it a couple times, too, and down the field to see if he has it. And those aren't high-percentage plays. But also, West Virginia hit hard. Like, they played hard, rallied the ball, and it hit every time they did. And I thought Oklahoma did that – or, excuse me, Nebraska did that to great results against Oklahoma. And that was something that I saw West Virginia do again. I'm sure they'll do that every game. That's where they are. But, I don't know, are there things you bring forward here? And is it is it obviously the quarterback platoon? I'm not sure where you go with quarterback. Because, again, I think – I felt – I mean, I 
One thing we're gonna, I'm going to look up over the next 24 hours, we're going to get it up as soon as we find out the actual answers is go back and look at that, uh, the numbers, because not just Green's actual production, mm-hmm. but him being a quarterback opened up more lanes for Letty Brown. Like it, I don't not maybe not the lanes were more, but they, they were uh, there were a few plays where it was very obvious that the linebackers were staring at Green and going with Green, and Brown was able to get a little more room. And I think it, it's just, I mean, I, I haven't changed my stance. I've been saying the same thing for three weeks, four weeks. That that I think the offense has a better chance of being successful with Green behind quarterback. Yes, I think he's going to make mistakes. No, he's not infallible. But you're you're telling me that. Hey, don't know if we'll make the switch to green when this West Virginia offense just scored 13 points and blew a chance to beat the number four team in the country. Now, part of that was green. Green was out there. But this offense has been making the same mistakes for a couple of years now. And I still think the move is to go towards green. But it wasn't a resounding performance from him today. And I didn't think it was a, an abysmal performance from Daigie either, although he's still still missing the same passes that he he always misses the, the deep ball is just not there um he didn't get put in a good spot god was at third and seven and they got him throwing a deep out to sam james that is not sam james's route that's not Jarrett daigie's throw and you're combining them together and one of the biggest plays of the game that, that's not a good idea let's start um, there let's stop there for a second that yeah. ball is spotted on the Oklahoma 47. They get five yards on a false start that crosses midfield, right? right. Excuse me, an offside penalty. crosses midfield. So it's third and seven to 37. That is classic Neil Brown run the ball territory. Mm-hmm. What happened there? I don't know. I was with you. I thought that was a good spot to have Green in there for some yeah. kind of run read option thing and get four or five and make it fourth and two, fourth and three, and then you do it again. So I don't... I don't know. It was very maybe that's the thing. You know, sometimes you you kind of outsmart yourselves where you're trying to outsmart the other team. You're trying to do something different, and and you end up with something like that. Final um armchair quarterback thing. <laughs> After the and goal, the one becomes Daggy missing Bryce Ford Wheaton. The balls of the six. It's ten ten. Your defense is playing awesome. Is it ten ten or is it thirteen ten? Ten ten, right? What when he misses Bryce Ford Wheaton? You said yeah, it's ten ten. I think. You go for it there, or do you kick the field goal? Was it at the three, four? At the four. Man. If it were like the two or in, I'm going for it. Yeah. Three or four, you're making me think it. You're making me think hard about it. I don't know. I don't hate the kick in the field goal there, especially with the way your defense is playing, because I think you can get him to stop. I think you can get him to kick a field goal, which is which is uh, what they did. So I don't I don't hate the idea of going for a field goal from the four. I think if it were the two or in, um, I, you got some plays to out of for that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I thought about it for a, a moment there, and then I just thought, man, they got points in the second half, and they're in a lead with about uh, 521 left in the third quarter. Is that right? No, mm-hmm. that. no it's the time of the – yeah, 521. Yeah, so 521 left in the third quarter. You have 13-10. I like it because even if they score a touchdown – you have a chance to score a touchdown and, and take a lead again. I just thought, man, points in the second half, do it rather than risk it because that all the momentum was going backwards there. It felt like three points is the win. Um, uh, wait a second. I, I've been handed some new information, Michael. Hmm. So, you know, you brought up the, was it nine points in the second half of the last three FBS games? 
mm-hmm. and so far this year. I'm, I'm trying to double check this in real time, but I just had somebody post on our board that going back further than that, West Virginia has 31 total points in the second half versus the last six Power Five opponents. About five points per half, per second half. Listen, and like some people are going to couch that and say, well, one was Iowa State. Right. And it was six and points. Iowa State played their starters until like late in the fourth quarter in that game, too, <laughs> which really ticked off West Virginia. <laughs> um, but again, like that's that still counts. They couldn't get anything going in that game again either. Uh, that's that's a bad number, and I think it's a fair question this week about how can you explain that? Because again, they're this is every game now that they scored a first a first drive touchdown, and that doesn't happen against Oklahoma. That's seven out of twenty nine games against their defensive coordinator. They've given up a first drive score. It's only four touchdowns. So seven out of twenty nine, really four out of twenty nine, go up with a seven nothing lead or make it seven 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 three. But they get seven four out of twenty nine times. West Virginia's good. They come out organized. And then the black box disappears. I don't know what happens there. Mm. Bad, that's mm-hmm. a bad number and a big story now, for sure. Yeah. I, again, it was third or fourth time we said something about uh, trends and maybe just an actual trait. That's another one. Yeah, I'm going back. I'm going back and trying to check this in real time. Six against Texas. Uh, was it seven against TCU? Not 10 against TCU. So that's 16. Six is 22. Plus three, 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 thirty-one in the last six. Yeah. And not too. That's not good. That is not good. We're experts. But you know what that is? What is good? This West Virginia defense. So I agree. At, le- at least you got that going for you because this defense is stout, and I think I just the only thing I'd be concerned about is, and I mentioned it in my three immediate thoughts afterwards after the game, is like the reverse twenty twelve, where that defense was so horrid. And everybody was just like, okay, offense, go score every time, and we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And this is like the opposite of that because it, it feels like it, it just feels like the game plan is that is all right, defense, hold them to six points, and we'll win. And the offense is just not going to do anything. And, and at some point, it, we saw it with that 2012 team, the offense kind of short circuited and things went south. Um, you, you can't put that much pressure on one side of the ball. Just can't. Uh, I have two for you. Briefly, we can get out of here. Um, is this more 2003 West Virginia, Miami, or 2013 West Virginia, Oklahoma? I was, I was about to say, I was having a lot of flashbacks to 2013 Oklahoma. Um, I mean, obviously, the venue, the score, I mean, it held, held them to 16 points in that game, too. Um, Quarterback trouble. Yeah. We don't know the answer. Yeah. Because you could see this being a thing like where like they, they come back and they rip off a couple wins in a row. The schedule. Oh, is- I see what you're going Because then, yeah, after that Miami game, they ripped off, was it six, seven wins in a row after that game? They were good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then secondly, is this a two-game season for Jared Dagey? Have we already played one of those two games? No. I, I mean, like. Texas Tech, Baylor, open week, and if they're if they're not four and two, what are you doing? Good question. Because want- the, the answer is yes, it's a two game season. Yeah. It's a good question of what are you doing if you're not four and two? Because if you're not, if West Virginia is not four and two going into the bye week, 
than than this this transition here of six snaps last week, and I, I didn't count exact snaps, but what twenty snaps, fifteen for Green today needs to become twenty five, and then thirty five, and then all of them. It's three weeks from now too. I mean, yeah. that's and again like an open week where he could do a lot of stuff, and you're talking four weeks before he would theoretically start for the first time. And I just I just say this because like I don't think. I don't think you want to spend the spring trying to figure out what you have with Garrett Green and Will Crowder if you've got Marchio on campus. <laughs> I know that sounds weird because we're way far away from there, but like if you don't know what you have a Green by the time late March, early April comes around, you're kind of squandering a chance. Like spring football is supposed to be like I understand experimental to some extent, but when you have a chance to really take a step forward, like hey, we know we have something with Green, bang, hit the ground running, or hey. We know Green doesn't have it because we saw him start six, seven games or play a lot in six, seven games. Let's see what we can do with Marchio or and or Crowder. And if you're just like, well, well I don't know, we'll, we'll figure it out. That that kind of takes away some of the the starch from spring football. A long way from now, I get it, but I'm just trying to take your mind off of what happened Saturday night. Yeah, and that's probably not the way to do it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think overall, big picture here. It, well, I'll ask you, big picture here, post this game tonight. Do you feel better about West Virginia's chances the rest of the year than you did before tonight's game? I had to look at some of the other Big 12 stuff. I didn't see a lot of it today. Um, I would say Texas Tech's not very good and is probably perilously close to firing their coach before the season is over. Bold, but I can see them taking some beatings and that team just being like enough's enough. They, they might have fired him in the offseason anyways. Like It was close, as you remember. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if like that just goes south. Baylor? Ooh. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know yet. Uh, TCU, I might have been wrong on again, Chris. <laughs> Oklahoma State had a nice win. They did come, they did they did win that game, correct? I know they were running away with it earlier than Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, they ended up uh, zero points for Oklahoma State in the second half, by the way. But yeah, thirty-one twenty. How dare they? Um, Texas seventy points pops up, so I'd have to see some things a little bit now. But I just like their defense, and I think defense travels, and you know they have some tough some tough games at home, but. If they can go on the road and win some games, they have to win. If they're going to make a difference. I like their defense, and I just, I just think they got to, they got to figure out what the thing is on offense. And I don't know if it's the obvious thing or if it's something different, but they've got to figure that out because you could say it's as simple as you know, man, just some some dumb luck errors. But I think if you ignore things like that, they continue. And here we are in, in year three of this stuff. And I understand that they're better and the rosters are better shape. And they, they like I said, they're in a good spot to hang with Oklahoma like they did, but. Man, these things keep happening. You're wondering how, and I wonder if there hasn't been a good evaluation or explanation or or solution so far. I don't know yet. I mean, I think it's a really good question. Can you take something good out of a loss? Sure. Does it change anything, you know, formatively in the future? I don't know yet. But I don't. I don't. Again, I don't know that anybody's terrible in the Big Twelve. I don't know anybody's great either. Yeah, I think for me, this game doesn't change too much. I mean, it was the defense was I, I thought was already thought was great. And maybe it's even better than great. I thought the offense was bad, and maybe it's even worse than bad. So a little here, a little there, and it's about the same for me. Uh, my my feelings on the West Virginia team, but looking around the Big Twelve, maybe things are a little more inviting. A little, little, yeah. uh, you know. Be, it, Iowa State looks extremely beatable uh, already. Two and two. Kansas State, meh. I mean, I, I dogged Will Howard uh, the other day incorrectly with some bad stats, and but then he he has not looked great. 
Um, TCU looked terrible. Texas Tech looks terrible. Kansas looks terrible. Um, Oklahoma State is 4-0, but meh. I think today was the only decent win they've had, and, and they went the whole second half without scoring mm-hmm. and lead the team, lead the Big 12, as I noted earlier, in missed tackles on defense. And Baylor, even though they beat Iowa State, their other three wins are Texas State, Texas Southern, and Kansas, so whatever on that. But even in their win against Iowa State, the Cyclones out-yarded them, out-time of possession, out-everything them in every single stat by a pretty good margin. So I'm still not entirely sure what to make of the Bears yet. Special teams touchdown, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens. Well, Chris, it's not 1230, so we should get out of here. <laughs> hey, are you going to do three things next week? The people need to know. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be good, too. You, oh. you better be prepared. You're about to get, are you about to get Wally pipped? I don't, I don't want to Wally pip you to, to get more work. I don't want to do that. So maybe I'll tank it next week so that everybody will be begging for you to come back. I've been trying for years to tank it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's it for this time. We have plenty coming on. We'll have my version of the three things tomorrow. Chris, you'll have power ranking snap judgments. We'll look at some snap counts. Um, wish we had more of, of the postgame thoughts on the team, but um, they had no live stream of the postgame. And no videos posted about their coach, their players, or assistant coaches who ever talked. Which I don't know. Maybe in a loss, that's not good. But man, if they won that game, Chris, and they had they had no in-house media connecting you to the outside world, and they finally beat a top five team on the road, and it's Oklahoma number four, and it's Neil Brown's big win. Whew, that would that would have been awkward. That would have been a, a pretty big missed opportunity right there. But alas. Now they just don't have to talk about a loss. So team came through for the sports media people there. Mm-hmm. there Until next time, I'm Mike Casazza. And I'm Chris Anderson. Talk to you later.